0: So you know how Halloween brought Laurie Strode back for a direct sequel to the original that ignores all its sequels? Well, now we have the equivalent movie for our beloved Leatherface. Let's talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not to be confused with The Texas Chainsaw Massacre or The Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Texas Chainsaw. Nope, now we have a brand new edition. And in this honest review, I'm going to give my thoughts and feelings about the movie with key plot details, so there's going to be spoilers ahead you have been warned. From the off, TCM 22 doesn't possess a lot of the luxuries that 2018's Halloween had, namely the returning protagonist. In the 1974 original, our final girl was the iconic Marilyn Burns as the teenage victim Sally Hardesty. Now, of course, Burns passed away in 2014, so there was never going to be that option for this movie. In the Halloween instance, Jamie Lee Curtis is still with us, so bringing Laurie back was viable there. In this, sequel however Sally's shoes are filled by Alwyn fuere who horror fans may recognize as mother Marlene in Mandy she's an incredibly competent actress who gives the role of Sally some justice here the issue doesn't lie with her but rather with the slight stumbling block of character connectivity which occurs with any kind of recasting especially if you're so hugely invested in the original movie now admittedly if you take a step back and reevaluate the original without rose-tinted spectacles on you'll realize that the character's there, Sally included, don't have an awful lot of depth to them. There's not much going on with Sally's personality or traits until she's the last one left alive, and even then her legacy and impact come mostly from her incredible facial expressions rather than anything to do specifically with her as a person. But again, back to Laurie, Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't given an awful lot to do in the original Halloween either, and was overall rather bland and generic. I mean, even Sigourney Weaver as Ripley in Alien wasn't all that interesting until she became a total badass in Aliens. Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams was the same thing, not much to him in the original, but a totally different story in Evil Dead 2. It was the sequels where these characters were fleshed out more and really started to properly connect to audiences and grow their iconic status. But sadly, as I'll discuss a little bit later, that's a thing that Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't do that well here. Even though Sally's got a bit more going on than she had in the original, at least initially, yeah it doesn't end up particularly great, but I'll leave that for a little bit while I chat about the overall plot. The deal here is that, not unlike Halloween 2018, Sally is traumatized by the events of the first film, she's grown old with the nightmares and the memories of that time of her life, and now the villain who caused that has reopened his little book of chaos. It's up to Sally to put her worst fears on ice, and help to prevent other innocent people going through what she did. And that's where this movie drops off a cliff, because right from the off I want all the innocent people to die a horrible death. The premise here is that the events of the original film have gone public and are documented in popular culture as one of the greatest unsolved crimes in Texan history, even sporting merchandise. And because of that, you know who it attracts? Influencers, of course! That's right, boomers, forgetting 1974, this is 2022, bitch! And Leatherface is going insta-famous, baby! (sighs) For me, personally, this sucks so much away from the narrative. They've modernised the setting of the film from an angle that winds up timestamping it. There's a difference between being dated and being aged. The original movie is aged. It looks of its time. To be honest, it looks older than the early 70s due to the cheaper, older camera equipment used. And its graininess and hazy look drenched in sepia tones and smoke give it an aura of being like a documentary. It's full to the brim with authenticity and atmosphere for you that complement the film around it. This sequel however is dated, it taps into a side of culture that doesn't gel with the horrors within. There isn't a point to social media influences and cancel culture being addressed in the narrative if it does nothing but trigger a couple cheap half laughs from the audience watching it soon after release. The moment that really made my eyes roll was Leatherface getting onto the party bus with his chainsaw and everyone on board immediately live streaming it, then while he's murdering 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 people in front of them, they continue to hold their phones up, and then on top of that we get shots of a phone screen with people reacting and commenting on the footage. It's a door wedge of dark comedy that just doesn't connect with the rest of this particular movie. The original is currently, at the time of this review, 48 years old, though has a timeless quality to it. In 2070, will people look back on Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the same way? I honestly don't believe so, though I'd love to be proven wrong. Maybe because I feel like if it doesn't add anything to the plot other than going, we're in 2022 now, so let's make on-trend references. Is there any real necessity? In terms of aging, it's not just Sally who's grown older of course, let's chat about Leatherface here. He's introduced by being in the back of a police van where an old woman, his mama, is dying. This woman had previously chatted with Melody, one of our main characters, before having a heart attack. But yeah, Leatherface is just kinda there, snaps a man's arm and then stabs him in the neck with the bone his gun goes off and takes out the driver, and the van crashes into a combine harvester at full speed. Damn, Leatherface is a Tank. But also, mathematically, is in his 70s by this point. The original events took place in canon in 1973, so take in that fact, and then in the original, look at the state of him. There is not a chance that he's in his early 20s here, so we just kinda need to try and accept and run with the fact that this 70-plus year old geezer is an absolute machine that can shatter skeletons with a single hand. But in the payoff, this creates a genuine disillusionment with Leatherface. Back that Halloween 2018 again, yes Michael Myers has also aged, but is protected by a mystique of immortality that has been ingrained into the character for decades. Whereas Leatherface for decades has just been a normal guy who happens to be a murderous psychopath. Here he's brutal, he's vicious, he's a massive threat, but if you had a Benny Hill chase in this movie it wouldn't be too hard to outrun him or before his knees turn into rice krispies. Like when Dante's partner wakes up after the police van crash and sees Leatherface, she could likely outrun him here. Guess she might be injured from the crash if you want to make that counter-argument, but it's never shown if she's in any kind of pain from it, so if you want to assume she's hurt, I'm gonna assume she's not and could have easily Kelly Holmes herself out of there. But Leatherface's mobility is off the scale here. Like, what strength of Omega-3's he been necking? He's a bull of a man who, even at one point after spearing Lila into a pool of water, winds up doing the Samuel L. Jackson deep blue sea on her. He can take shotgun shells like bloody ping pong balls and his arguably as fast, if not faster than his 1973 self. Don't get me wrong, I think on the whole, Leatherface is super strong here, he's got a cool look, is more brutal and menacing than ever, and is a much more key part of the movie than he was in the original. There he was more of a side character, with the hitchhiker and the old man being the vocal centrepieces, and though they aren't as visually memorable, they get under my skin more than Leather did. But here I simply can't get past the age aspect, which I know has been a bugbear for for a lot of people going into watching this, but it's not a totally unreasonable criticism. It also links back to the issue with the time setting as well. Just because this movie was released in 2022, it doesn't mean it had to be set in 2022. It could have been set 10, 20, even 30 years after the original. Because all the original characters, by which I mean literally two people, have been recast anyway so it wouldn't make that much of a difference, and would at least give you the scope to make their abilities in the film seem more plausible at a younger age. Also visually, other than certain vehicles, a party bus with contemporary music playing and smartphones appearing on screen, the rest of the movie doesn't look like it's particularly in 2022. Therefore, with a more age-appropriate time setting where Leatherface is still at a reasonable age to be a threat and Sally at a reasonable age to be a badass, then fair dues. Otherwise it's like that time Goldberg and The Undertaker wrestled in Saudi Arabia and it looked like two really old horses trying to do the foxtrot. Speaking of Sally and Leatherface, their rivalry here was so much of a damp squib. When they finally encounter each other after a couple scenes of Sally discovering Leather's back, she pulls a shotgun on him, but does nothing. She asks him if he remembers her, he doesn't reply and just lets him walk away. She shouts to him, I'm the one that got away and I'm here to make sure you don't. But it's just not true, the fact she doesn't shoot him there and then, to ensure he doesn't get away, means that it's not just a skin mask Leatherface is wearing, it's a full suit of plot armor. Then Leatherface, within this same scene, chainsaws right through Sally almost immediately. I was so annoyed by this because she offered up next to nothing. All the examples I gave earlier about characters being enhanced in sequels doesn't apply here whatsoever. She has a couple of the standard realization moments that Leatherface is back. They have a super quick one-sided chat and then a mini brawl before she's completely savaged by the chainsaw. But she survived? Get out of here man, don't be so bloody stupid. There's nae chance a woman in her late 60s is gonna have a chainsaw shoved through her, raised from the floor and yeeted away, but is still able to fire off a shot minutes later without bleeding out, and then have some encouraging dialogue with one of our main characters. In her dying breath, she tells Lila to not run away because Leatherface will never stop haunting her, but howe man, you can easily save your mate and leg it, and it won't be much longer before he's popped his clogs Regardless, putting yourself in more danger to try and save the day versus the logic of escaping with your life is a truly bizarre element to this plot that doesn't feel remotely plausible. And then there's the climax right here. Leatherface's death, in quotation marks, is caused by Melody chainsawing him upwards, which seems to cause no visible damage to him. And then in the next scene, he's back alive again, beheads Melody, and then does his traditional chainsaw swing to transition into the credits. Not gonna lie, the chainsaw swing will always be. Be badass so no complaints there, but I just cannot get behind protagonists who don't make sure the antagonist is completely dead. When you assume you make an ass out of you and me, as the saying goes, here though they made an ass out of everyone who adored the original film. Despite a cool depiction of Leatherface and some cracking good go throughout such as the leg break scene, skull smashing scene, Dante's sliced cheek and plenty of cool kills on the party bus, Texas Chainsaw Massacre just feels rather soulless. It brings back a classic character from for a couple of scenes but has overall no impact on the plot nor our new main characters, who are also deeply unengaging and make silly choices. The social influencer element is tediously annoying and doesn't go anywhere other than for cheap gags that juxtapose the mood, and the time setting makes it extremely difficult to take Leatherface seriously, despite sadly being the most serious element to the entire thing. Overall, it's bang average, forgettable, laughable in parts, and not in a good way let me tell you. And fundamentally. It's a poor installment. Honestly, I'd take the next generation over this, because at least that's laughable in an entertaining way. This one, despite wanting so desperately to love it, wound up hollow and flat. But I may be wrong, and I'd love you to convince me otherwise, so don your skin masks and take to the comments, Ghoul Gang, to let me know what you thought about 2022's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you enjoyed this video, please do consider subscribing to help us out, but also keep yourself up to date with more UTG content. Myself, Coffee, and Stu have also previously reviewed the 1974 original and the 2003 remake on the channel, so if you're a leatherhead then you might want to check them out. But for now, I've been Connor from Unleash the Ghouls, and remember, live streaming is more important than survival.